Hello there. This is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The podcast where I did not write a clever intro, so we're doing the classic one again. I watch Doctor Who and I tell you all about it. I could tell from your face that you were like, wait, what am I? Oh, God, I'll just, I'll just do this. <laughs> cool. Well, you know what? We love it. We love a good classic. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a good premise. You watching Doctor Who and then telling us all about it. Yeah, I, I tend to enjoy it. Cool. And we seem to have at least a few dozen listeners who enjoy it. Hopefully. I mean, well, you, can, you can let us know if you uh, enjoy it by... Leaving us a, a rating and a review. Um, hey, yeah, all right, whatever. Uh, I guess cool. just because they download it doesn't necessarily mean they enjoy it. We could have hate listeners. That's okay. You can leave us a rating and review. And remember, remember, remember if you hate us, um, you can ironically leave us a five-star review and you'll fool us into thinking that you like us and then like you can laugh at us. Uh, so do that. Totally. Um, yeah. You'll also like fool other people into listening to us and then you can laugh at them for liking a bad podcast. And Oh, the diabolical plan. Yeah. Oh, p- listeners, if you hate us, please don't do that. That would be so terrible. It, it would um, ruin our days. But if you love us, please do that. Uh, <laughs> or make our day. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. So, um, cool. Uh, so... What's what's been going on lately? So, uh, as as we said, th- we recorded this episode same day as the previous episode, so day after Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we um, my my partner and I didn't get to go visit the the folks that we usually visit um, because unfortunately uh, they they're not. Um, feeling well so we we just had a, a low-key thanksgiving at home uh, my partner made pizza it was not turkey pizza <laughs> it was actually artichoke heart and um brussels sprout pizza oh that sounds good may not sound i mean yeah i, I thought i thought it was amazing um and some of our listeners may not think so but don't knock it till you try it folks um but yeah oh, and, and we watched a documentary about the automat the Oh, those fun. Uh, restaurants where you used to be able to like you know put in a nickel and open a little door and get a slice of pie or whatever. Huh, um, that's neat. It's really good. It's on HBO, HBO Max, HBO Plus, HBO Max. Um, it's it's enjoyable. Awesome. Oh, speaking of watching things, I finished watching season one of Severance the other day. Oh, nice. And yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. It was great. Uh, I don't want to like say spoilers too much because I don't know if people listening to this have watched or not, but <laughs> but it was awesome. Um, I obviously am looking forward to season two very much so now because season one kind of just ends pretty abruptly in the middle of the story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, now I want to like ask questions, but maybe maybe we'll say that <laughs> after the recording. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. So, shall we uh, shall we talk about Doctor Who? Let's get to it. We'll talk about the Doctor Who we're here to talk about. <laughs> All right. So 
this is the fourth episode of season three, The Exploding Planet. I love it. Yeah, this might be our our best episode name so far this season. Uh, you know, we're four episodes we're, in, yeah. but yeah, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, will you remind us of our Cliff Dangler? Well, uh, poor, poor Steven is, uh, he's not doing so good. He's, um, a little, uh, feeling a little lightheaded, a little short of breath. Um, he, you know, we, we keep making jokes about the, the drop-in, these kind of militaristic space women, um, being kind of BDSM and, uh, <laughs> Steven being into it, but man, his, his, his his little soldier's been standing at attention for four hours now, and, and uh, <laughs> as he was waiting in the airlock, he uh, he 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 started to uh, feel a little lightheaded, a little short of breath, and and now he's uh, he's fallen unconscious. You know, he probably should have pulled the safe word out just like a, a few breaths <laughs> earlier. Mm-hmm. That's but... what it's for, Stephen. Uh huh. I mean, he's unconscious now. Like he he can't say it now. So that that's that. Uh, yeah. I I think the problem was that he was just enjoying it too much. <laughs> he didn't he didn't want it to stop. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's always a fine line to ride. Is like, oh, this feels so good, but also it's super dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, while Steven is being as, subjected, as Kyle and I both blush <laughs> as as Steven's being subjected to the forces of realistic airlock physics. <laughs> Vicky, the doctor, a couple of Chumblies, and a Draven soldier are all approaching the Draven ship. Vicky has the rifle like trained on the Draven soldier. Very, very, very cool person of action. Uh huh. As they approach the ship, Maga and the other Draven soldier who's inside see them approaching, and they take cover inside the ship as one of the Chumblies throws an ammonia gas bomb. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was cool. And in so this is another moment that seemed like it was a bit different in the animation. In the animation, this bomb lands right next to the ship, as far as I could tell, and like the ammonia gas that it puts out gets sucked into the ship through the ship's like air intakes. If this ship has air intakes, then what? what what's the point of an airlock? <laughs> <laughs> In the original, it seemed like maybe the bomb got thrown like through a window of the ship and actually lands inside of it. Oh, interesting. Again, what's the point of an airlock? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> this makes even less sense. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't entirely clear what was happening there. But the important thing is that there's now ammonia gas inside the ship and Maga and her soldiers you know, start to cough and whatnot. Cool. And meanwhile, the Chumbly who's outside the ship with the doctor and his crew, it fires its laser at the airlock door and this pops the door open and releases Steven 
who stumbles out coughing and gasping as the doctor helps him to his feet. Yeah, like we, we we've established how badly constructed the Draven ship is. So yeah, um, I uh, I'm not surprised to hear that the the door just pops right open when you shoot it. <laughs> I was pleased to to see that we have another you know like first five minutes Cliff Dingler resolution <laughs> uh, in the classic Doctor Who style. Uh huh. Vicky, Stephen, and the Doctor all just leave with a chumbly and the other chumbly stays behind to watch the draven ship basically and the rill speaks through this chumbly telling maga that she and the other dravens are now confined to their ship until now we have spared you although you have attacked us time and time again but we will always defend our friends Oh, interesting. I I kind of admire that. Um, yeah. yeah, like I was wondering, like man, they're they're like throwing uh, gas grenades now. Um, seems seems like they they've been very pacifistic so far, which I I admire. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think it's it's uh, more admirable to to fight for your friends than than for yourself, I suppose. Um, yeah, so that's cool. And, you know, like Stephen has has been put into actual danger. Yes. You know, previously the Dravins were just like holding people captive. But, you know, Stephen almost died. So now the, the Rills are like, no, fuck you. <laughs> yes. Maga complains about the ammonia bomb that got thrown into the ship or next to the ship or, you know, in some proximity to the ship. But the Rill says that that was just a warning and that the air inside the Draven ship should have cleared up by now. So they <laughs> they go in. So it wasn't a war crime. <laughs> inside the Draven ship, Maga realizes that, of course, this night is the final night that this planet will ever have. Well, yes, the... Uh... The, the, the episode title uh, also kind of hinted at that. <laughs> uh-huh. So she, you know, she basically realizes that time is short. If she's going to do anything, it has to be soon or has to be now, essentially. So she orders one of the Draven soldiers to sneak out silently through the hatch in the floor of the Draven ship and then, like, sneak around behind the Chumbly that's guarding the ship and destroy it. Huh. How are they going to do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> do, they, do they have their, their net that can disable Chumblies? Because we know their lasers don't work. Yeah, it's not entirely clear at this point. <laughs> Lift a really big rock and hope for the best. <laughs> Back on the real ship... The doctor and Vicky and Stephen have, you know, have gotten back to it, and the doctor gets the cable that was prepared in the previous episode to transfer power from the TARDIS to the real ship. Mm -hmm. He tells Stephen to like stay behind with the Rills and get some rest, basically, try to you know recover from his ordeal. As the Doctor, Vicky, and Ichumbly all set off toward the TARDIS, 
like feeding the cable out as they go or, you know, unspooling the cable or whatever as they go. Seems like it'd be a little easier to move the TARDIS a little closer to the real ship before <laughs> hooking them up. But um, I guess if they don't have like a, um, what was it, like some sort of a, a sledge in the uh, the one with the Marco the Polo's. Yeah. yeah. Um, without that, it's kind of hard to move the TARDIS. Yeah, that's true. Although the... Oh, no, never mind. I'm thinking of a future serial. Forget I said that. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, this traveling in time and space has confused Kyle. <laughs> so Stephen's back on the real ship. I think he he's aware that he's on probation as person of action, and so he doesn't want to just like sit around and rest. He wants to be <laughs> doing something. I like that you're you're enforcing that. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like checking things out on the ship and looking around and the real leader starts speaking to him through a chumbly and it becomes clear through the course of this conversation that Stephen doesn't really quite trust the rills yet, which I guess makes sense. Like he doesn't have as much experience with them as the doctor and Vicky yeah, that's true, but they did save his life through the yeah. chumbies, so... Well, he he's basically worried that the Rills are going to try to use the Earth people just like the Dravins were. Yeah, all right. So he's, you know, he's talking to the Rill. The Doctor had previously said that, you know, there was going to be enough time to charge the real ship before the planet explodes. It's going to be pretty close, but there's going to be enough time. Yeah, you don't actually have to wait for the battery to hit 100% before you unplug it and turn it right. on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so Stephen asks the real, he's like, you know, what if the doctor's wrong and there's not enough time? Are the reals just going to let Stephen and Vicky and the doctor leave in the TARDIS? And the real's like, yeah, totally, of course. Like, if that's possible, then yeah, of course I would do that. Wow. These guys are real. These guys are real chill. <laughs> uh. Steven's like, eh, I don't know. Let me roll insight. <laughs> and he, he rolls high. So the real says, We are strange beings to you. You've never met anything like us. You come from Earth. A planet we don't know. But clearly it is a planet which still knows conflict. Yeah, I, that, that sums us up pretty well. Yeah, pretty accurate assessment. Mm -hmm. The real basically tells Stephen that the Doctor seems pretty cool. And the Doctor, like, shares a lot of values with the real as far as they can tell. And he travels farther than the Rills do. So if it comes down to it, it would be better for the doctor to survive than for the Rills to survive. Dang. And the Rill explains this to Steven and the DM tells Steven's player that it's telling the truth. Wow. I think th things just got real. <laughs> uh. we're, we're getting there. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> so, you know, with with this conversation and this information and whatnot, Stephen decides to go ahead and start fully trusting the real. So he warns it that 
the Draven are planning to steal the real ship and leave the reels behind. Mm-hmm. Vicky and the Doctor have now arrived at the TARDIS. They've got this cable and they've got a chumbly with them. And dusk is starting to fall. Uh-oh. Heading toward the dawn. Uh-huh. Vicky marvels at, you know, how before too long this whole planet is just going to explode into nothing in the morning. And the doctor corrects her. No, not just nothing, child. Hydrogen gas that sprays itself out like molten silver against the other stars in the same galaxy. Hmm. <laughs> wow. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. we don't want to be here when that happens, but <laughs> very very evocative description there, Doctor. Mm-hmm. So he he takes the end of the cable and heads on into the TARDIS. Cool. I like how in the uh, the one with the meddling monk, the the, the time meddler, like we, we saw that the TARDIS being used as a power source with like yeah. basically power cables, extension cords coming out of it. Um, <laughs> And, and now we are are doing the same thing with our TARDIS, charging up the real ship. Right. And they're running probably like, I don't know, at least hundreds of yards of cable, if not like <laughs> thousands of yards of cable through the desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, actually. Back at the Draven ship, Maga and the Draven soldiers feel a slight earthquake, which they basically correctly interpret as the first signs of the explosion that's going to happen in about five hours. Cool. Meanwhile, the other Draven soldier is sneaking around the ship. She is exited through the floor hatch and is sneaking around the ship. It's one of those situations where there are like several hiding spots along the path <laughs> and you have to like stay hidden as the chumbly moves toward you. But then when the chumbly starts moving away from you, you can like come out of your hiding spot and like rush up into the next hiding spot. A classic. And yeah, then when you get close enough, you wait until the chumbly is moving away from you and then you sneak up behind it and you hit it which is what this Draven soldier does. She bonks it on the the chumbly noggin with, like, <laughs> a pipe, basically. And as soon as she bonks it, she just gives it, like, a bonk, and its domes all kind of collapse and it powers down. Aw. So, yeah, poor, I guess, like... Poor little chumbly. She bonked it right on the power button. <laughs> Back at the real ship... Vicky and the Doctor and the Chumbly have arrived back to the Rills after hooking the cable up to the TARDIS. And the Rill starts up the power transfer. The Doctor thinks that this is going to take about three to four hours to transfer enough power over. This planet's due to explode in less than five hours. I fully appreciate that fact, young man. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that had occurred to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stephen's pretty worried. Like, he's he's really concerned about running out of time. The doctor seems a bit worried, but not really. Well, I mean, he's doing what he can at this point. <laughs> uh huh. And like, just then, the real receives 
an emergency transmission from a Chumbly, and it informs the TARDIS crew that the Draven have escaped from their ship, and they have destroyed the Chumbly that was guarding them. Aw, poor little Chumbly. The Doctor is now worried about the TARDIS, but the Rill says that the Chumbly guarding the TARDIS is still, like, totally safe and fine. Yeah, and, and this one's an elite Chumbly. This one's, like, you know, <laughs> top of the line. Uh-huh. Stephen basically tells the Doctor that the TARDIS isn't a concern anyway. No, they won't go after the TARDIS anyway, Doctor. It's this ship they want, and us. Yeah, yeah. Back at the Draven ship, all of the Dravens are now outside of the ship. Maga tells the Draven soldiers that they're going to go attack the real spaceship, and the four of them all head out with Maga in the lead. Dang. I think we're, we're coming up on our climax, maybe. Uh-huh. You're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. If you enjoy our show, please leave us a five-star review and tell a friend. We appreciate you, listener. You can reach us by tweeting at Dr. Watcher or emailing thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com. And now, back to the episode. We cut to about an hour or two later, and we are on the real ship. Steven is still worrying about how long it's taking to transfer the power. Both the Doctor and the Rill are telling him to, like, chill out, basically. He's like, but but the interface at first said four days, and then, like, a couple of minutes later it said two days, and then, like, an hour later <laughs> it said one day, and it's like, no, it's fine. It's just, like, <laughs> it runs on windows. <laughs> uh-huh. let, it, let it settle and, you know, we'll wait another half an hour, then probably the time it, it gives will be accurate. He's also pretty worried about the possibility of the Dravens destroying the power transfer cable. Yeah, but that, that, that would kind of mess up the plan. Uh-huh. The Rill says that they're prepared for that. We don't get any information about <laughs> how they're prepared or what they will do if this happens, but... They are prepared for that, apparently. We're prepared for that. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do if they do that? We will feel bad. <laughs> and uh, how's that going to prevent them from, from doing it? No, no, we won't prevent them, but that, you know, that we're wasn't, prepared. Uh-huh. We, were, we, <laughs> we weren't thinking we'd be able to prevent it. <laughs> and about this time, a Draven soldier shows up inside the real ship. She's pointing her rifle at everyone, and she's ordering them around and she immediately gets hit with a paralyzation ray from a chumbly, and she falls to the ground. Oh, well, it's okay. It's an unstun. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, as this is happening, Vicky and Steven notice that the doctor is, like, not in the room anymore, and then the doctor pokes his head out from the next chamber over, and he tells Vicky and Steven to, like, come on over there. So they do. The next chamber is a pretty big room. And around the perimeter of this room, there are several glass pyramids, which I would estimate probably about 15 feet tall. Whoa. 
and these glass pyramids are connected to each other with like sort of hallway connection doohickeys between the pyramids. Very cool. And a few of these pyramids are very clearly full of this green ammonia gas and also a rill. Oh. Which Vicky and Steven and the doctor finally get to like fully see for the first time. So is there like, so, so there's a lot of these, there's several pyramids. Some of them have gas in them and one of them with gas in it also has a real, so there's basically just one real that we're talking about here, right? Um, I think there were actually two or three rills. I think each pyramid with gas had a rill. Okay. Um, okay. But our, our characters are basically only interacting with one of them. <laughs> yeah, I imagine these uh, these costumes or props or whatever they are are probably not the easiest to set up and operate. Yeah. So they get to see these rills. They basically look like green huts, as in like <laughs> Jabba the. I, I knew what you meant, Kyle. <laughs> uh, in fact... That's, where, that's just where my, my mind goes when someone says hut. Like, we're traveling uh-huh. to Pizza Hut, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Watch out. You're going you're gonna to be thrown into the pizza pit of Pizza Carcoon. Uh, please, please continue. So, yeah, in my browser at this very moment, I have two tabs open. Well, I have a lot more than two, but two of the tabs that <laughs> I have open... listeners lies, Kyle. <laughs> One of them is image search results for Doctor Who Rill. And in the next tab over, I have image search results for Jabba the Hutt. And these two <laughs> tabs are identical. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's 100%. Again, Kyle, why, why, are you, why are you lying to our listeners? We love our listeners. We don't want to lie to them. <laughs> well, um, okay. But... So I will say that they're actually not quite identical because the Rills are a, a little bit cooler than Hutt's. Oh, shots fired. Yeah, the reels have like these big round eyes and they've got some tusks coming up out of their mouth and they have a tusk coming out of their nose. (laughs) One of those nose tusks. (laughs) Um, Well, I I will admit, huts don't have tusks. Um, So should I I be Googling and should our listeners also, if they're at computers, be doing a, a little image search for real Doctor Who? Yeah, I think it's about time for that. All right, is it R-Y-L-L? R-I-L-L. All right. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Looks like someone made a custom action figure out of a hut. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, I like these guys. Yeah, the reels are pretty great. Yeah, their 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 little faces are are really really something. It's it's creative. It's interesting. It's creative. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know you can't go wrong with the nose tusk. <laughs> it honestly reminds me a bit of that uh, Mel Brooks comedy Spaceballs, the the Star Wars parody. Uh-huh. Um, Pizza the Hut in that. It, I think they look even more like Pizza the Hut than they do Java. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Well, very cool. I, I I enjoy that good good classic cheesy sci-fi alien design. 
So the Rills are like, Now you know what we look like. And the Doctor and his companions shift into lesson mode as they're like, yep, and that is no reason to hate you. I'm sure you probably think that we're weird looking. Oh, that, that's nice of them. I think that is a good lesson for the kids. And I'm glad that all of them are are cool with the with the reels. Um, yeah. I was a little worried about, I think for Stephen, who, you know, we, we were saying earlier that he wasn't quite like on board with them yet. He wasn't trusting them. But even Stephen's not like judging them by appearances so cool and of course the doctor is probably just like you know i've been all over the galaxy i've seen every possible type of alien (laughs) Uh uh-huh you you look just like another alien species to me the script doesn't stay in lesson mode for too long though it just has like a few lines and you know, Vicky and Steven each say something, and then the doctor sums it all up. Sorkness lies in the character. To what use do you put this intelligence? We respect you, as we respect all life. I like it. It's a good lesson. A good uh-huh. lesson for the kids. And just then, Vicky starts feeling a bit gross. Apparently, the ammoniac gas is leaking into the chamber a bit, so... They they leave the real chamber and head back into the other chamber where Stephen checks with the doctor again on the time remaining for the power transfer. Apparently, there's an hour left to charge the real ship and an hour and a half until the planet explodes. Oh boy, yeah, that's, uh, that's cutting a bit close. Uh-huh. Let's hope no more drivers get in here. Uh-huh. And with this, we cut back to the Dravins, who have been engaged in a laser gun fight with the Chumblies. Playing a little laser tag. Uh-huh. And, you know, as we've seen, like, several times throughout this serial, the Dravins' weapons really don't have much of an effect on the Chumblies. Apparently it's not stopping them from trying. Uh-huh. One of the Dravins' soldiers suggests bonking the Chumblees, but <laughs> <laughs> seemed to work earlier. But Maga decides that they should probably circle around to attack the real ship directly rather than like trying to get through the Chumblees. Well, we'll see if it takes them an hour and a half to circle around. <laughs> we cut to a little bit later. There's now apparently less than half an hour to spare before dawn, and the real ship has just finished charging. Nice. The real says that a Chumbly will escort the PCs back to the TARDIS, and then the Chumbly will destroy itself once they're safely at the TARDIS. What? Uh-huh. That's like what Vicky's response was, but the Chumbly's just like, uh, it's fine, don't worry about it. And or oh, okay. the real was the real was like that, and the doctor's like, oh yeah, it's probably fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the real says that it's going to head to its spaceship, and I realized that I think what I've been thinking of as the real ship this whole time is actually just like a pyramid structure that the reals built on the surface of the planet, I guess. Wait, what? What? 
Because, <laughs> yeah, like, it was confusing. The reel, like, very clearly says that that he's going to go to to the real ship. Like, it's not currently in it. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're all confused now. Okay. So, yeah, the Doctor and Stephen and Vicky and a Chumbly all head out. Cool. So, as they head out, we cut back to the Draven who are all watching in vain as, I guess, their circling around didn't happen or something. They're just like <laughs> kind of, you know, in the rocks watching as the doctor and his companions all leave, I guess, the real structure and run away while another pyramid right next to the real structure pyramid like <laughs> takes off and flies up. I, I'm, I'm like picturing the camera looking at the real structure, panning over to another like entirely identical pyramid. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, that's not the spaceship. This is the spaceship. And then like lifts up and flies away. Uh -huh. I mean, that's not far off from what happened. <laughs> Love it. Amaga decides that basically the Draven's only hope left is to try to catch the Earth people. And so they all start running after our PCs. Yeah, I've really been wondering, like, what's going to happen to the Draven? Like, I was kind of wondering if the the Rill would make peace with them and then, like, allow them to, to leave on the Rill ship. Or now that's, op you know, that option is off the table. Uh -huh. So now I guess that... That ship has, has sailed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, is the doctor going to give them a ride on the TARDIS? I mean, <laughs> it seems a little less likely. <laughs> yeah. The doctor. Well, and the way the Dravins are acting towards the doctor and his people, that might not be terribly safe to invite them onto the TARDIS. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that the, the Draven would, you know, turn over a, a new leaf and be like, oh, now that we realize that they never were trying to hurt us in the first place, we've learned our lesson and we, we shouldn't have been so quick to judge. And well, nope, I guess not. Uh-huh. Yeah, that does not seem to be happening. <laughs> so the PCs all arrive at the TARDIS. They enter it as the Dravins also approach and arrive. The Chumbly zaps one of the Dravins with its laser as Steven, like, throws the power cable basically out of the TARDIS door so they can they can fully close the door. Huh. And then the ground starts to, like, shake and split apart as the TARDIS dematerializes. <laughs> All right, peace out. <laughs> <laughs> the Chumbly falls into the lava that's revealed by a big crack in the ground. Oh, whoa. <laughs> as the, the Dravins all look on in horror. And a few moments later, the Draven soldier falls into the lava. Maga is, like, left alone and for just a few moments until the ground shakes some more. And then she also falls into the lava. Dang. We cut up to, or we cut away, I guess it's not necessarily up, to the TARDIS control room where they have a view of a planet up on the scanner, but apparently it's not this planet that we've just left because 
Steven asks, like, if they can watch the disintegration or the explosion of the planet. You know, seems like it would be a cool thing to see on the scanner. Yeah, but, we've been, like, you know, l- l- uh, foreshadowing it or, you know, mentioning it for four episodes now. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, apparently they can't watch. No, I'm afraid not, dear boy. We've dematerialized from that galaxy. <laughs> Our animation department didn't have the budget. Uh-huh. Vicky, apparently in, you know, this dash to the TARDIS, hurt her ankle. So, you know, the doctor is saying that it's going to need a cold compress. This is a very Susan-like thing for her to do. Yeah, it was pretty (laughs) Susan-like. So, yeah, he's talking about how they're going to treat it. And he starts to wish that maybe they could just like chill out somewhere for a while instead of being surrounded by danger all the time. But then what kind of a TV show would we have, Doctor? Uh Uh-huh. Vicky looks up at the planet on display on the scanner screen, and she wonders, like, what's happening there, basically. Mm -hmm. And the camera zooms in on the scanner screen and then cuts to the surface of a planet that I guess we assume is the one on the scanner. Oh, the magic of television. Down on this planet's surface, there is an unconscious man in a jungle, and he wakes up and kind of sits up and looks around. There's like a weird bulgy vein on his forearm, but he pulls his sleeves down, Hmm. and he stands up, and he's still kind of looking around, seems a bit confused, but then he says that he remembers and then he's like must kill must kill must kill dang settle down everybody the words next episode mission to the unknown appear on screen Interesting that we got that little, uh, you know, teaser of the next, I assume is the next serial as a cliff dangler. Um, Because sometimes at the end of a serial, they just like leave. And then the serial Mm -hmm. starts from, from, you know, fresh, but interesting. And, you know, we we, we got Gross Vein, we got I Must Kill, um, not not Infiltrating Kill, which was the, which were the orders of the, uh, the Duplodoc. The Duplodoc. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, this guy's orders seem to just be killing. There's no infiltration involved. <laughs> just jump straight to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. All right, Kyle, since I, I assume this is the end of the serial, since now we're moving on to this new jungle planet, um, would you recommend this serial to our listeners? So, I completely forgot about this bit when i was writing my episode notes and so this is entirely off the dome (laughs) and i would say that if you can get your hands on the animation then absolutely i would definitely recommend watching it it's a fun serial it's you know got some great alien design uh 
in my own real Doctor Who image search results, there's not really very many, if any, images from the animation. They're mostly from, like, the actual show. Mm -hmm. And as cool as that is, like, they might even be a little bit cooler in the animated version. Oh, whoa. Nice. So, I mean, they're basically the same design, but, you know colored green and drawn neatly and whatnot so yeah it was interesting yeah. when you mentioned that there's there's green gas i think um in their their pyramids because i was like what color my goodness <laughs> uh-huh so yeah if you can get the animations then i would definitely recommend watching them if you can only find access to the like the reconstructions then I think it's still pretty entertaining and it's still a fun serial, but it's definitely, definitely harder to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, as, as we were talking about this episode, I was like, oh, this will be such a cool one to watch. Cause we got the cool aliens. We got some action going on. We got our, our heroes leaving some bad guys to, to die on an exploding planet. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, uh, Having to having to try to watch a reconstruction or even an animation, I think, is not quite as good. But uh, it depends on the animation. Maybe maybe that'll be the thing to to check out. Yeah, I will say in the loose canon reconstructions, we did actually we the viewers did actually see the planet explode like from space, which oh, nice. the animation did not show. So. Yeah, I, I will say one thing for the animation. I feel like they, they had some missed opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know if like the original filmed version showed an explosion or if that was purely the creation of the Loose Cannon production team. Yeah. But it was cool to see an explosion. Cool. Yeah, this was a this was a fun little story to to listen to. Um, I mean, you know, as we've said in previous ones that had missing episodes, um, to me it makes no difference if, <laughs> if this is a, a lost episode or not. It's all taking place in the theater of my mind. Um, and with that in mind, like uh, with that in mind, sorry, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was fun. Weird aliens. Um, you know, we had we had the the hot evil space lady um and her clone army her clone soldiers or vat grown mm-hmm. soldiers or whatever um we, we had steven you know learning about himself uh, <laughs> um <laughs> discovering uh perhaps some things about himself um and uh we had a yeah a little bit of continuation of architecture ship yes yes our our, our um, surviving ship from the Battle Royale in season two. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, cool. Yeah, this is a fun one. Fun one to listen to. Um, yeah. Cheesy, you know, a little, little weird, a little strange. Good good message to the kids about not um, not making assumptions based on appearances. Uh, yeah, I yeah. appreciated both that it had a good message and that it didn't really dwell too long in like <laughs> message lesson mode. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, they they just straight up came out and said it, but then they moved on. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't miss it, but they also, I guess, didn't spend too much time on it or waste too much time on it. Cool. Um, cool. Well, I enjoyed that. And I'm curious what's going on with this, this guy in the jungle, uh, who, who he's going to try to kill. Um, what's up with that weird 
weird vein and uh, maybe we'll start to find out some of that in two weeks indeed and we'll see you then listeners yeah uh in the meantime we would like to thank circuit 23 for the music that he wrote for us you can listen to his new album men's vermis at the link that's in our show notes circuit23.bandcamp.com slash album slash men's hyphen vermis you can also find other music of his including the theme song of this very podcast at soundcloud.com slash circuit23 you can reach him on email at circuit.23 at gmail.com yeah, and you listeners probably noticed, but I almost forgot to do this bit, so <laughs> thanks, uh, Well, thank you, Kyle, for watching Doctor Who and telling me all about it. Indeed, and thank you, Benny, for listening to me talk all about Doctor Who. And uh, thank you to our listeners for listening to me, listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. If you ever want to contact us, you can email us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweet us at doctorwatcher, as usual, with the usual caveat of if Twitter's still around, you know, uh-huh. elongated muskrat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, if you liked what you hear, then please let us know by means of a five-star review on wherever you listen to your podcasts and tell your friends. Very cool. That would be appreciated. All right. Well, um, it's time for real. We'll see you in two (laughs) weeks. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Now you know what we look like. I do. And I, for one, am glad of it. We apologize for the glass partition, but you will understand we must keep our atmosphere in here. Yes, of course, of course. Our appearance shocks you. Not now. I must admit it did at first. But I don't see why the Dravin should hate you. No, I mean, after all, we must look just as strange to you. To the Dravins, we are ugly, so they become frightened. You are different from us, of course, but at least you are intelligent. Yes, what difference does it make what your form is? The importance lies in the character and to what use you put this intelligence. We respect you as we respect all life.